Spotlight interview with Iman Vellani is starting right now. I'm Brandon Davis, and with me... It's Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. I love the Spotlight interview branding. I love how many different kinds of bonus episodes we're getting. Yeah, look at that. It's almost like there's like a Spotlight thing happening yeah. in the Marvel Universe, and we're kind of taking it on for the show. Well, we just had our Tom Hiddleston interview drop, which at the time of recording this is the third most watched video on the Phaseyar YouTube channel ever. So thank you for that. We had our biggest single day of downloads ever, ever. Since January 15th, 2021, when we launched this show coinciding with the premiere of WandaVision, we've never had more downloads in a single day as we did on November 10th. So thank you for that. Uh, and as a result of the show's success and people enjoying it and having fun with us, we got to interview Mon Vellani. And this was this was an incredible experience. She's awesome. This was so much fun. I like like we had been saying before and we said on the show this week, she almost feels like an honorary co-host of the show with how much she knows about Marvel and how much she thinks about the MCU. Like we asked her about fan theories. I asked her about comic deep cuts and her answers just exceeded my expectations. Oh, yeah. She has to have a Reddit burn, burner account where she's on there participating in the theories herself. I, I refuse to believe she doesn't. She's writing her own comic is which it? has three issues available now the fourth is coming to comic shop soon we're going to talk we talk about a little bit about the experience with comics we talk about her experience working on the marvels how they spent time on set you know the secret wars of it all all the things coming to the mcu this is a little disclaimer here there are spoilers for the marvels in this interview so if you have not seen the movie yet it's a super fun movie uh amon Vellani is hands on my favorite part of that film um it, we're going to talk about those things and right down to the credit scenes, right down to some of the stuff it sets up. And those are pretty big spoilers. So if you haven't seen those that yet, highly recommend go to the theater, buy yourself a ticket, watch the Marvels, press pause on this interview, go listen to some other ones on the, on the ride over and then press play on this interview again after you watch the Marvels. You know, I completely agree. So without further ado, I want to thank everybody for listening to Phase Zero. I want to thank Jenna for doing an awesome interview with me. We can't thank Iman Vellani for coming on the show. As soon as the strike was over, we were like, oh, we got to try. She, we've been wanting Iman on the show forever. We finally made it happen. Uh, we recorded this, and now it is your turn to listen to it. Please subscribe to the Phase Zero channel on YouTube so you don't miss a live show every Wednesday in our bonus episodes, which we try to record live every chance we get. Uh, and leave a five-star review, leave a note, play our show for your mom, play it for your dog, anything to get those plus ones on the listenership. I know that's why the, we broke the record. People are playing the show for the dogs, and their dogs have never wagged their tails harder. We love We're it. We're the number one podcast with, with dogs. <laughs> I don't know why I say that at the end of every show. But I, <laughs> I love it, though. It's very Bob Barker of you. It's great. It's kind of happened. So without, without, I said further ado. Now nah, that yeah. was so much more ado. Enjoy the interview with Amon Villani. We look forward to your thoughts on it. We'll see you on Wednesday for another episode of Phase Zero. Good, I have the exact you? same Iron Man behind you at home. This one? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that's what like probably my favorite thing I have. I have so many It's so detailed too, like the dust at the bottom of his butt. Oh yeah. I honestly sometimes go by and I'm like, is this thing collecting dust or <laughs> like is that part? And it's just I do built the same in. Thing. <laughs> Iman, it is our absolute pleasure to have you on Phase Zero, celebrate your work as Miss Marvel. We are all huge fans, and we have been waiting to talk to you for so long. There's, like, no better person from the MCU to come on our show than you, so this is, like, this is our moment. We're excited. It's both of our moments. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love this. it. So you have the very rare opportunity of not just playing your character on screen, but also getting to write her comic. I've read every issue and reviewed it for our website. Oh God, I love you. it. It's so oh. good. Um, how does it feel to kind of be the steward of Kamala Khan? 
when I think about it, it feels like a lot of responsibility. But then when I'm in it, like getting giddy about comic books and, and talking to people about like just my theories and, and, and what I want out of this character, like it just feels so natural. And, and I'm so lucky that the people around me within Marvel Comics uh, publishing and, and, you know, the studio, they've given me really great people in my surroundings who just like appreciate my opinion and they want to hear what I have to say. And it just makes me feel even more welcomed and feel like I can voice anything I want. And, you know, they're all nerds who work at there at the end, who work there at the end of the day. So it's, it's a very homey environment. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so honored and honestly validated that like the fans also, uh, you know, are taking to the character and, and honestly know who she is. Like for so long, Miss Marvel was just mine, or at least she felt that way. And then now it's like a global thing. It's amazing. Yeah, there is nobody better for this role. You are you are perfect for the part, and we've been loving watching your journey. I saw in your interview with THR that you saw the credit scene from the Marvels, and you said you almost jumped out of your bed. Hold on, does that mean you watched the movie for the first time, like on your computer? Yeah, isn't that sad? <laughs> okay, <laughs> what is? How does that happen? Did you watch it by your? Did you watch it with anyone? Was it you just kind of watched? No. It? You know, they say don't like show to anyone when when we get these links and I take it very seriously. I'm also very self-conscious of of like me and and it's still very jarring for me to watch myself on screen. So honestly, I prefer getting that watching it on a small screen first before my face is like, you know, however many feet wide. It's terrifying and you'll never get over how crazy it is so i prefer to watch it on my laptop but any other movie it has to be in the cinema first and then all of a sudden you're 40 feet tall on imax i know crazy i still need to watch an imax just for like some of the shots i think our movie is like pretty well lit it looks very good in imax i can say that so i saw that the casting crew of the marvels basically had an unofficial motto on set of if you don't know ask iman so now that the movie's out do you remember any of the marvel questions that people were coming to you and asking are there any that you can share I honestly think people were just saying that and hearing me when it is on set and I am saying things to like, God, like again, seriously. <laughs> I mean, they, they love it, but also I don't know how much they love. I just, I'm also like, because it was, I was very intimidated by the set in general. Like Nia's such a welcoming director and she's also such a nerd, but she's so good at her job. And that makes me scared of her sometimes. Um, and, and then you have Sam Jackson and Brie Larson. Like I was pretty, quiet honestly or, or my version of being quiet um for like the first few weeks even so i wasn't i wasn't super like oh my god we should do this instead i think nick fury should say this um i did i would do it subtly i would like email nia whenever we would get a new like updated draft be like okay here are all the plot holes <laughs> do with that what you will. I, I, I interviewed um, Sholo Maraduena yesterday for Blue Beetle, and he I saw that he plays Pokemon Go between takes on set, and I asked him about it, and they apparently, that was how they passed time between takes. They all got hooked <laughs> Pokemon Go. What was it on the Marvels? What did you guys do between takes? How did you guys pass the time when the cameras weren't rolling? Bree has this, like, weird, it's like goldfish, but for dogs, it's called <laughs> Go Fetch. Oh. So, like, her, her team, like her hair, makeup, um, costumer, like they would all play like go fetch and you'd hear all this like cackling laughter coming out of like her room. And I'm like, what is going on? I need to get in on the action. They literally sit around in a circle playing dog goldfish, but it's sweet. Um, 
<laughs> when I when I want to be alone, I crochet. I'm like getting very good. That was my New Year's resolution. I I can make you a t-shirt now. I also crochet, so that is very validating. Isn't it so therapeutic? It, it is amazing. I love it. So one of my favorite lines in the Marvels is definitely Kamala acknowledging that Carol she didn't give Carol the space to be a real person. I can't wait for Stan Twitter to take that screenshot and turn it into a meme. Um, how important was it for you to kind of be able to play Kamala's adoration of Carol in a multifaceted way? Oh my God, so much. I think there, I love the idea of like, you know, our heroes aren't who we always expect them to be. I don't, I don't necessarily mean like, don't meet your heroes. I think it was very important for Kamala to meet her heroes because she idolizes so many people. And honestly, like same goes for me. I, every single famous person I ever met in like the first year of my career, I'd go crazy and I'd put them on a pedestal and anything they do, I'd be like, well, it's fine. Cause they're famous and you know, they can do whatever they want. They can talk to me however they want, but that's not okay because we're all just humans. We're all figuring out life at the same time. And it, I think it was really important for Kamala to have that reality check. And also I think she's the most mature out of the Marvels. I think emotionally intelligent. She's, she's literally stuck between the tension that's built up between Monica and Carol. And, and she's like trying not to fangirl, fangirl over Carol, but like it's Carol Danvers, you know? So it, we're dealing with so many layers of like, okay, what is Kamala dealing with? Because yes, superficially she is the you know um, comic relief of the film, but at the end of the day, she's like going crazy in her head half the time in this film, and and we wanted to like not play the same note. So I think it was interesting having those levels of Carol like talking, like screaming at her at Tarnax and apologizing. It sh I think it shows growth on both sides and Kamala actually accepting that apology instead of being like, no, 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 it's fine. Don't like do whatever you want. Like I, I'll be here whenever you need me. Call me. I'll, I'm standing right here. Um, yeah, I think that was a very sweet moment that I really appreciated. Uh, speaking of like the Carol and Kamala dynamic, one of the mm -hmm. I thought most profound moments in the film was when Carol says we save who we can. When Kamala was trying to really save everybody, Carol shows like this is kind of the difficult part of being a hero. I love to hear yeah. about what, what you think the impact of that line, that moment, that lesson that Kamala has there would have on her, you know, going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think Kamala kind of still lives in a bit of a fantasy land when it comes to being a superhero. She's, she's romanticized the entire concept, right? She writes her own fan fiction, for God's sake. Like, she she's reading scott lang's book probably she's listening to podcasts she's trying to get all the details god knows how many questions she asked mcfury i mean that's probably why she like tried to recreate that whole iron man scene at the end of the film so i think again like back to the reality check it, it it's nice for her to kind of take a step back and be like i think she is being like a little naive at the beginning of the film and and so we do want to create that realistic arc for her that okay we can't actually save the entire universe and you also cannot do it alone. So I think Kamala teaches Monica and Carol the meaning of teamwork and they kind of teach her a little bit about adulthood and, and you know, being realistic and pragmatic about what being a superhero is like, because you're not going to save everyone. It's, it's literally impossible. So yeah, I, I, I liked having to play that. This interview with Amon Vellani, as you can tell, is a ton of fun. When we come back from a really quick break, we're going to talk about some things that might be some fantasies for the MCU and other things she really wants to see with certain characters and storylines and maybe a few fan theories. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Phase Zero, where we... I definitely want that, too. Um, so from one huge comics nerd to another, who is the weirdest, most obscure character that you would want to see Kamala cross paths with? <laughs> okay, I'm going to give one that I tried um, to put in the comics, and they, they were like, this is too weird and obscure, even for Ooh. comic books. Um, but it was the Impossible Man. Yes. Do you remember this guy? He yeah. was like in some old Fantastic Four comics. I think even Stan Lee once said how much he hates this character because he's so weird. Um, he's like, just creates different shapes out of his own body. And he he comes from, he's he's like from the race Papupian or something like that. Every time he changes shape, there's a pop. It's so bizarre, and I was like, that that would be so funny, because Kamala can also make shapes with her hard line, and this guy's, like, turning himself into, you know, freaking buildings and, and spaceships. It's it's so bizarre, but that, that's, that's my, like, far-reaching, yeah. Okay, I love yeah. it. That's perfect. We haven't even had a chance to talk about this on our show yet, because we do our show every Wednesday, and immediately after the show, it was, like, the biggest Marvel news of the year started dropping, and it's rumors, it's reports, but Fantastic Four stuff. You mentioned Fantastic Four. Pedro, maybe, but did you have a fan? <laughs> did you have like a fan? Because everybody seems to have a hundred of them. You know, it's weird. I'm like, I'll jump on any bandwagon. I love every single fan cast that's come out so far. I can see all of them working. I haven't had a, you know, a doubt with any of them. Like literally, because as soon as any fan casting comes out, people like Boss Logic will make, you know, those photoshops. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I see it. Movie, film it. Get me to cameo. I'm in. Um, so no, I I, I trust Seraphin. You know she's my god in a lot of ways. I, I'll, I'll keep that to her. She never misses. She never misses. No. 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 So obviously the com the comics in the MCU are leaning more into Kamala being a mutant. What are personally some of your favorite X Men storylines that you would like to see oh. told on screen? Whoa, there's so many. Um. <laughs> I, I have been reading a lot of X-Men lately, so forgive me. I mean, like, I... Okay, Krakoa in recent memory, it, honestly, what they're doing in the comics, it would be sad for the end of that era, but that would be one, just, like, a whole gorgeous, like, jungly island full of X-Men and, and all those portals. It's so beautifully drawn in Hickman's run. I would love to see that adapted on the screen. Um, there's, like specific scenes from Grant Morrison's run that just like just that scene I want to see like a lot of Emma Frost um her with with um the separate cuckoos uh, their interactions are always like my favorite I I love them calling her old and she's like I'm 27 actually and like everything to do with her nose job like she's just such a specific character you know, um, there's like moments with her and Angel and they're like in a fitting room and they're trying on clothes. Like, I just love those like very grounded X-Men moments. And then they go like like crime at the end of the day. It's amazing. Does it change your, your experience reading the comics, having joined like the Marvel world? Does anything change when you're now? I mean, yes. It's always like, oh, what could have been? Or <laughs> I wish they did this. But like, I understand why certain decisions are made you can't exactly adapt everything from comics onto screen and quite frankly i don't want to see everything from the comics on screen because they look so well in that medium that as soon as you attempt to make it live action it just loses that magic so i i i'm happy with the mcu and i i like it to exist as its own thing 
And uh, yeah, but there there are a lot of moments where I'm like, ah, the comic did it better. Was it not the most epic moment of your life to learn that Kamala was going to be a mutant in the MCU and you get the little X-Men theme song in that moment? I know. Oh, no? like what? I, the hardest part was like when we were filming it, first of all, I couldn't keep it together. Every single time <laughs> Matt Lynn would say mutation, which I like still makes me like giddy every time I say the word. Uh, I would just break, they, they even did his coverage first. So I could hear it enough times so that by the time the camera rolled around to me, I was normal. <laughs> Didn't work. First take, I was gone. It was just so cool. Um, and it was like one of the last things we shot and it was nighttime in Atlanta. It was just such like vibe, you know? Uh, but it, it, was, it was very cool. But again, like we didn't know if that was going to make it into the cut. I think that was like the most annoying thing filming it because it was so cool and I was having so much fun and I just wanted people to see my excitement over it. and and. What an honor, you know, to use that M word for the first time in the MCU. So I'm I'm very glad it, it made it in. Oh, we we all I I did the whole Leonardo DiCaprio like hey, hey, like pointing at the screen, you know, <laughs> yes. when I heard it. I yep, was like, yep. yeah. <laughs> that was a good whistle. Seriously. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh well, I, okay, so I know you've been a fan of, you know, Marvel Comics, Marvel movies for your whole life now. And so Fans, I'm a huge fan. I want to see everybody come back for Secret Wars. I don't know if that's the plan, but obviously, like, I want to see everybody who ever played anybody ever come back for Secret Wars. Go, not just the Avengers. If it's X-Men, if it's Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Blade, any actor who's ever played a Marvel role, if you got to fulfill that dream and have a scene with them because they're back for Secret Wars, who is the actor, who is the character you want to see yourself as Kamala Khan share a set with? First of all, the budget for that film, <laughs> insane, insane. Um, oh God, okay. Wait, I wanna give a good answer. I love how you think just like us though. Like you literally one of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just like infiltrating the MCU casually here. Uh, I wanna say someone from like, to Brian Tinger's X-Men, but okay, okay. Like Hugh Jackman Wolverine, because I feel like that started a lot of my love for Marvel. I think I watched X-Men probably before I watched any Avengers film, but like I was like three or however years old. Um, so that'd be one. And then mm, Tobey Maguire, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. Oh my one. God. Or Topher Grace, imagine. <laughs> oh. Venom, oh, bring back the Venom. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I need to see I, that now. That would be over. amazing. Move over, Tom Davidson, Anyone from that Raimi universe, like, I would, I would love. I grew up with those movies. That would oh, be amazing. That door that opened. So Who good. knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was really excited to ask this question. Have you and Kevin Feige settled your beef about Earth 616? Because full disclosure, I'm on your side of this argument. I, you know how many times people will ask me this in interviews? I love it every single time because y'all always say you're on my side. It's amazing. I feel so comforted. Um, no, we have not settled it. I don't think we will settle it until the entire universe dies and the multiverse has ended and there is only six left. Or maybe he finally gives in and be like, okay, the multiverse ended, the new universe that's created by you know, Dr. Doom or whoever is, is one nine nine nine. Ah, look at that. They need to give you like we were thinking producer here. writer credits here. You're building out the franchise. All right. There so we go. I personally, everybody who listens to phase zero knows this, and this is my last question for you. 
I have beef with Kevin Feige because oh, tell me more. It's been seven years since Tony Stark sold Avengers Tower, and I don't know who bought it. And I'm not gonna lie. Every time I watch Miss Marvel, I was looking at that skyline and I was like, "Where is it? Who bought it?" So, so you know, I don't know if you know the it. answer, but I would love to see theory, hypothetically. I, we all have our guesses. Who do you think may have bought Avengers Tower? It's right up the street from Kamala. You know what? I'm right up the street from it right now. I'm in New York, <laughs> and I just passed, but I'm like, I can see Grand Central Station. I'm like, the Avengers Tower is not there. It doesn't even exist in real life. Um, no, but I mean, Baxter Building, I guess. That makes the most sense to me. It's logical. It's gotta, you it's, know? Yeah. Either Baxter Building or Fisk Tower, maybe. 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 That, I don't, that's too much power for him. Feel the same way. Does he have money like that? Like is, is like does he? You know? I don't know. Hell's kitchen to like getting the lease on a vendor's tower. Come on. That's yeah. yeah. He's balling out. Well, Amon, we could do this all day with you. Thank you so much for the time and coming on Phase Zero. As soon as the strike ended, we were like, we this was our dream interview, and you can't. We made it happen, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate it, and how excited we are to get the opportunity to support you and your work because oh, Miss Marvel you so has much. just been fantastic, and we're all loving it so much. Thank you so much. This was so fun. You guys are so great. Thank you.